Hello and welcome back to the Mood Sport Bethok podcast. I'm your host DD and joining me today once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode we'll be talking about the Formula E World Championship that just came to an end. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, read your opinions and dive right into the conversation. Um I mean, we started the season by saying that we all wanted stuff of Landon to win and finally <laughs> um it it has come true. Uh it did go down to the wire. but uh, with the end of gen 2 era uh, i think it it was the most fitting ends in a way you could ask for you know um stoffel is loved by everyone and finally it's almost like a fans champion if you want to say you know i, I, yeah. i don't think anyone's won the fan boost more than stoffel vandoorn which goes to show yeah, uh, the love absolutely. that people have for stoffel vandoorn in formula e but what were your thoughts uh, of the last weekend you know in seoul there was a lot going on in korea before uh, the drivers got got out there you know there was flooding and then uh, it it went down to the wire pretty much to the wire i mean mitch evans took it to the last race in the best way he could possibly uh, and then you know uh, but you know stop van don obviously prevailed uh, with uh, a surgical a surgical finish to a season uh, to put that way uh, mitch evans had i think four wins across the season whereas stoffel vandon just with a solitary win uh, you know took took the crown uh, uh, in the season yeah absolutely i mean it was uh, when mitch evans won that penultimate race on saturday i i was very happy uh, like obviously you know the support for stoffel was always there but to see a championship go down to the wire and to see a driver like mitch evans who has been the star of the season to take it one notch further and take it to the absolute end was incredible and i mean he didn't have anything to lose right he all he had to do was win and he did it and that start that start was, was absolutely sensational yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah i mean stoffel vandon champion finally on the second like after a disastrous 2021 and to to be a champion with only one win we we were discussing it right we were discussing it that what is the least number of wins you can to be a champion and i think this is the third instance in major motorsport championships where a driver has just one race and become world world champion so i think first was mike hawthorn in formula 1 and the next when he won the championship the next was i think kk rosberg and uh, yeah and in as a world champion sorry there may be other you know in major major championships but a world champion stoffel was the third one to win a world championship with just one race win to his name but what a season what a season it had it has been and bar you know some misfortune and typical formula e stuff it was absolute fighting till the very end uh yeah that that's an interesting fact fact you put out there you know uh, i think uh, i think we were all all rooting for jeff to win this championship yeah. having not won, not won a race yeah. uh, you know uh, a few weekends ago and uh, i wonder what that fact would have you know what that would have brought about in in terms of stats um but yeah kunavas move from as for more and once again you know mercedes 2 and 2 oh yeah uh, and uh, that is ju- that is another stat for uh, the mercedes fans out there sadly they they will be leaving the sport um or they have left the sport in a way uh, but the 
core team will remain the same just rebranded as McLaren FE team <coughs> but um a lot to look forward to in the sense that you know uh, the number of manufacturers are going down for the next season uh, which means there will be more customer teams uh, and I, I don't want to say an even field spread because a lot is changing, uh, you know, in, in terms of the technical rec- regulations next season. Uh, but we we saw a shift uh, in the last couple of races in Seoul, which was almost uncharacteristic of the rest of the season. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, of what Oliver Rowland did in the very first race. Uh, and that was uh, very surprising. Yeah, I missed it. I... Oliver Rowland got pole and then he finished on the pole. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I mean, you said what Oliver Rowland did was surprising and I was like, okay, what? I I, I mean, for Oliver Rowland, I always look for, you know, his attacking moves in the race. But yeah, pole and... On finishing on the podium, that that's true. I, I, yeah, I think the pole was more surprising than yeah, anything absolutely. else. You know, no one was expecting a Mahindra to be on but, pole. But but then uh, again, it was yeah. you know mixed conditions, sort of. Yeah. So and we saw Alexander Sims get to the front row in mixed conditions in I think was it New York or somewhere, but his his front yeah. row came in sort of mixed conditions. Regardless. Um, it, it, it was a great weekend, but uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, some of the other teams, you know, that will be leaving us. Um, we, we have to talk about uh, the changes that, that will be happening going into the next season. But uh, before all of that, we'll, we'll be losing a few drivers, like you said, you know. Uh, Alexander Sims, uh, we'll be losing him at the end of the season. Uh, I think uh, everybody loved him in the paddock. Uh, he's a great figure. But obviously, does not uh, did not get along with Formula E racing uh, over the last few years. Um, there's a couple of people moving around, but what a signing for Mahindra again, you know, in Lucas Degrassi. Oh yeah, absolutely. What a signing in in Lucas Degrassi for Mahindra, uh, and I am excited to see him in the Mahindra car next season more than anything else. I like. I don't even like. I care less about how the car is going to perform, <laughs> and I care more about how Lucas Degrassi is going to perform in that car. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to to get the as I. As I call him, the first ever Formula E driver, the first ever electric racer. Like Lucas Degrassi was with Formula E, was with Alejandro Ogog since literally day one, right? He was the first driver they contacted to test drive the cars and to hear out the vision and everything. So to get uh, Lucas Degrassi in Mahindra, to get a champion, to get a proven leader the i think he has the most number of wins in formula e as well so most number of points first to reach yeah, a first thousand, to reach thousand points. points so to get that he's been posting about it he's been posting about <laughs> yeah. it himself all over social media for the last week to, to to get a man like that in a team like mahindra who really need uh an upliftment and a resurgence sort of is great it's it's kind of like when you know a midfield team in Formula One signs an Alonso or a Seb Vettel, right? But it's it's a great move and it's a great opportunity for Mahindra to gain from uh, Degrassi's champion mentality, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it, 
obviously we we can't predict much about the driver market and what's going to happen going into the next season just because there's so much uh going around the formula e world right now you know it's it's very um volatile if you want to put it that way uh we have abt coming in uh whom mahindra will be supplying we have uh, maserati coming in uh supplied by ds and and a lot is going on you know there will be new um some of the customers will look at other manufacturers uh, because BMW and Porsche uh, so not sorry BMW and Audi powertrains will not be there anymore uh, so and i think it was also Antonio Giovinazzi's last uh, season i don't think he's coming back next season so a lot is going on and it's very hard to put a finger down on what's going to happen at the end of the day you know what's going to what is going to be the state of play when the dust settles which is why i'm not i don't even know, i don't even want to get into the conversation of the silly yeah. season <laughs> and manufacturers and all of that and i just want to look look forward and look back to the things that have happened over the course of the season and one question i want to ask you vedant is do you think stoffel vandoorne's championship is more deserved than anyone else's who came before him because of the qualifying qualifying format or less so uh, that's a very interesting point you bring up and uh, obviously you know the qualifying format was a complete overhaul and we saw sort of you know basically the top brass staying in the top and the bottom brass not getting into the top 10 at all and i was doing a little bit of research on my end and i was doing a little bit of you know uh i was trying to make a gra- make graphics out of the championship out of the duels and everything i'm still in that process but i think the number of uh, like the number of times the leaders in the championship and the front midfielders in the championship have gotten into uh, the duels, duels has been incredible so definitely it helps the credibility like it helps the domination of the championship but if you think about it a uh, a uh, Jean-Éric Vaughan winning the championship twice when the grids were set basically randomly i i i believe that is a more like he he probably would had to fight more from P10 P12 that was a harder championship to win than what right. Stoffel had to do and i think i mean i'm i'm not like i'm not yeah, trying to take away from but, Stoffel but Stoffel's you know, uh, world championship at all but it's just a question out of like a practical question yeah, that we exactly. need to ask exactly out of out of 16 race starts stoffel vandon probably had eight at least in the top eight and when you talk about jeff like he i don't think he had 50% race starts in the top half of the grid sort of right i mean even not just that you know it's it's also about the way you go qualifying right you don't even have to look back to the first season you just last look back season, to the last yeah. season and uh, you know if you're leading the championship which means you won't be you won't have a good qualifying spot uh, for the next race and you know the chances of you qualifying are lesser and lesser um, i mean we c- in in, in yeah, the next as you race. said we can compare it to last season and no better comparison because it was stoffel's own teammate uh, nick de vries yeah. right and what i noticed last season was like obviously nick was in the front running of the championship and he qualified sort of in the midfield but nick always made up a few places to get in those extra points and to stay in the championship hunt and you remember when it was the penultimate race i think 
he won the penultimate race or something like that and he had to start the last race quite behind oh yeah and we, and we made and we made yeah and we made a joke of the fact that you know uh, uh whoever's leading whoever's at the top after you know a certain round the next round they all yeah, fall exactly. back and we were like oh and nick Devi, nick Devi i mean nick, nick had a bit of luck with mitch evans uh, suffering the issues and everyone, everyone suffering. suffering right <laughs> but then again you know he in the penultimate race he started in the final race sorry he started i don't know but maybe behind p7 p8 and stoffel started p4 so i think that was the yeah, no. sort of difference we are talking about right definitely and it also shows in like the total points you know they scored across the season i think someone put the stat out there on twitter uh, after stoffel uh, won the world championship on sunday and it was like nick degrees had 20 some percent of total points available at the end of last year's season whereas stoffel had 40 something points yeah, available to go. him at the end there of the season uh, 40% of all points available to him at the end of the season uh, which just goes to show you know the advantage that stoffel had in terms of being able to qualify where where he could um instead of uh, you know getting caught out by changing conditions or or yeah, whatnot and i mean so after th- after new york we had four championship contenders on paper right and there were properly only four championship contenders i i, I mean to say and after what after london there were only two championship contenders but when you look at previous seasons there have been multiple multiple championship contenders till the end of till the last round of the season and four or five people yeah, absolutely have the ability to win the championship till the last lap of the race absolutely that being said uh that being said you know we we've, we've had a whole season of the dual format in qualifying now do you think it makes the spectacle much better of racing in formula e i absolutely do and i think the dual the the spectacle itself as a spectator at home watching on the tv i think it's brilliant obviously i i, I don't have any experience watching it at track like you do but i mean it's it's a head to head you know you never have a head to head in motorsports other than drag racing basically right so so uh, yeah, a head to head yeah. is always exciting it's always as will buxton calls it the jeopardy is high right but uh, and i and i was as i said i was doing some research like studying into the duels and you always get surprised when uh someone from nowhere walks into the duels right walks in the top 8 be it uh, yeah, sergio setre yeah. camara be it antonio giovinazzi giovinazzi uh, all all over askul roland and any of those so it's always yeah. surprising and giovinazzi got till P two, I guess, front row. Sims, Sims yeah, had a front row so, start. Yeah. Roland had a pole. Yeah, so pole. absolutely, those those are the moments that make it more brilliant for me. Yeah, I know it definitely, and it also makes more sense. You know, when you're watching racing, uh, there has to be. You know, we always talk about how motorsport is one of the most unfairest of sports when it comes to. uh giving advantage to yeah. the best person you know usually all sports especially racing of any sort uh put you know puts you on equal footing when you start the race and then uh you gain an advantage based on yeah. your own skill uh yeah. and what not whereas in motorsport you know if if you qualify well you get an advantage uh but um 
but i i think i think uh, it's a great balance between uh, you know still having a spectacle different from other sports which is what yeah. formula e wanted uh, when they came up with that format while you know adding that aspect of fairness which was uh, lacking a bit not i mean not just for the teams and the drivers but also for fans you know it did seem a little bit redundant a little bit you know too um gamey in a way uh, for for the grid to be set the way it was last uh, all season prior to this one but i think i think it's a great change that they have made um now let's let's look forward a little bit right uh, obviously we're excited that formula e is going to india next year um hopefully you know they'll get a good crowd hopefully they'll not make the same mistakes uh, that you know the promoters in new york did which is to have just one yeah. grandstand because it does seem there is a good appetite for motorsport in india at this moment especially since uh, that series will basically formula e visiting india will basically i think be foreshadowing uh the indian f4 and uh the indian formula 3 season yeah um if if i'm not yeah, wrong yeah it's, it's it's around the same time so, and absolutely in formula e coming to india it's in the hyderabad so you know all the motorsport crazy fans of the traditional motorsport crazy fans basically of chennai and tamil nadu and kerala are all there in close proximity so that would be a, that would be great in Yeah, it's def- it's definitely a good destination of because you know uh, it is definitely in more south, popular exactly. in the south, uh, like we know, uh, rather than uh, towards you know uh, the capital. But a, a, lo- a lot of things to look forward to, and uh, but I think you know f- the next season since Mercedes is going away, Mercedes has been the thorn in the side of DS Trichita <laughs> and Jaguar uh, over the yeah, last two yep. seasons. Let Let's be honest, right? Uh, you know after the 2020 season when dacosta won it's been mercedes and uh, um jaguar who've who've really battled it out with them uh, but haven't haven't you know come across uh, as winners and i think it is a great opportunity for them to capitalize on what is to come uh and i will be disappointed if you know jaguar is unable to capitalize uh, after everything they've done in gen 2 and i think it is because I think they're the only team who have not won, and they've been a part of Formula E and you know stalwarts of Formula E supporters for the longest time. Yeah, absolutely. But if you remember Jaguar, like we were all ready for Jaguar to dominate this season as well at the start, but Jaguar had a horrible, horrible start yeah. and horrible first three, four races, first three weekends basically of the season, which essentially put Mitch Evans in the situation he was, right? So. while jaguar are a class leading outfit in formula e they have made similar mistakes in the past and with it being a new set of regulations who knows it can be the same uh, you know pecking order it can change around very quickly and maybe you know someone anyone else can take the place whatever So, but uh, yeah, but yep. Jaguar may will be in the top half, probably, along with DS and along with yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, all all of that is good, you know, talking about who's going to be up ahead and what not uh, next season. But the, but I don't know if you've read, but there have been quite a few issues with uh, the new gen cars, you know, especially with uh, the teams adapting to the new. power train and what not that has come with it uh, and there have been two big crashes i think the r- race reported on it uh, a few weeks ago before the season finale um and it'll be interesting to see how how easy it is for the teams to adapt and whether 
the safety issues with the car will force formula e to delay its season uh, even you know e- even if that's by a f- just a few weeks uh, if whether formula e will be forced into such uh, a position and i wonder what they'll do then because you know it, it as we have seen during the during covid right it's not easy to just delay or postpone things and you know uh just host an event on a different yeah. weekend or host an event on a different day uh at at a, at a city center so i think there are a lot of hurdles obviously there will be a lot of post season testing going on between now and um, the start of the next season but uh, there's there's a long road ahead for all the teams and uh, formula e not just with the car you know not just with the technical side of the car but also with the tire manufacturer they have a new tire manufacturer coming in and i don't have to tell you you know for anyone who's followed motorsport in the in the past uh we all know how how things do- went down with pirelli how things went down with bridgestone and what not in formula 1 so um han it's hankook right who yeah. will be supplying tires for the 2023 season so the tires will also have to undergo you know extensive testing with the cars and uh, i am super- i mean obviously formula e said you know that this is going to be a big change going to gen 3 but have didn't come into the full scope of the changes which is why we, we were already looking forward to gen 4 but even the changes in gen 3 because there's so many changes happening simultaneously um it it seems like a very volatile time and it could make or break formula e in my opinion at least and when i say make or break not just for the fans but also as an organization to keep everyone happy and everyone together Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how unsure you are about Formula E going into the future, right? But I think uh given the fact that Formula E have a new calendar slot like uh the earlier calendar slot was from October, November and going into March, April until June, right? But due to COVID, they had to postpone it and now they have actually adopted that new Uh, calendar slot which is from january till july and and august but i think that gives them a greater window to test and develop the cars the tires and make it absolutely perfect because it's it's a long time it's a long time and they have had issues but the car has been in development for a while and from august till you know again january where whenever they have the pre season test i think it might be in december but from august till december is a great deal of time to get those you know things right all right here here's another question for you regarding the calendar right in your opinion so formula e earlier had that you know two year calendar where they would start the season uh, you know this year and they would carry it on late yep. this year and then carry, carry it on early into next year um and that was so that you know they could race in times uh basically offset the calendar to all other major you know yeah. uh, sporting motorsport motor series, series yes. across the world whether that is endurance championship or what not right formula 1 endurance championship or not um do you do you think that is more conducive to the market growth for formula e or do you think formula e should uh it it will be more conducive for formula e to race on the same weekends as formula 1 or during the same calendar time i think formula e uh i i think we had a, an issue similar to this this weekend i think it uh sorry this season i think it was london and formula 
But that was the only issue. Usually, the Formula E races are an yeah, hour. If, if they're, they're on the same weekend, so it's slightly earlier. They're right. usually an hour or two right. before. But I think, yeah. See, so from where I sit, Formula E does not want to like. Obviously, the target audience is the same, and if they clash timings, then people will watch either or the other, right? See, I, I'm not saying clash uh, clash timings. I'm saying you can you can have an offset timing, right? but do it on the same days or you know don't don't offset your entire calendar to the f1 calendar or the calendar which one do you think will be more conducive for formula e's growth no i i i i really like that formula e are going forward with this plan that they will stick around when the other championships are going on right because it it makes sure that they are in presence they are in the limelight along with all these and like basically it doesn't it so from what i think is if formula e is racing from november to march and november to april they are sort of taking a back step to attract more drivers attract more teams basically and just say that okay like sebastian buemi he races for from nissan in these months and then he'll race uh, for toyota in in those months right but now that formula e is sticking to this calendar where vec and formula 1 and indycar all these championships will go hand in hand it makes the decision for drivers interesting and it makes it allows more talent to rise up in the ranks in motorsport and it puts formula e right along with those world class championships from all those years if formula e races in november it is sort of a senior winter series i would say for, for me as a fan it's not even that complicated you know like i'm i'm talking about from a fan's perspective uh if i as a fan need to tune in you know during an during the off season for motorsport formula e is just not enough of a reason for me to get up in the morning yeah. and watch <laughs> watch just formula e yeah. it's just not let's let's put it that way it's not enough of a reason for me to cancel plans and take out an hour from my day to watch formula e i will follow it but yeah. i might not you know take out the time to watch it um it's just it's just not enough re- enough of a reason but if if i can watch formula e by just tuning in an hour before a formula 1 race i will do it it's the same reason i am a, i wake up in the morning and tune in to a moto gp race separately rather than just you know t- tuning into a formula 1 yeah. race because on those weekends i can just get up and just have the races running in the background while i'm doing whatever that i need to do in the morning yeah absolutely uh you know i don't have to separately plan for it and i think <coughs> <coughs> sorry and i think if uh formula e took advantage of that to cre- to just put more eyeballs on the sport <coughs> not even not even to you know grow their market or whatever just to put more eyeballs so that people can see what they're doing uh i think that would be very helpful for them instead of trying to offset the calendar i understand why you know because it's hard for them to attract drivers at least when you know started, when they yeah. started doing all of this uh, but now that is not the case you know now there are drivers who will happily you know spend a few seasons in formula e and just continue racing but yeah i think um, i think just from a fan's perspective i would rather have formula e an hour before formula 1 because let's be honest the pre race show does not yeah. matter in formula 1 <laughs> it's the same grid walk you know I mean Martin Brundle does a fantastic job but let's let's be honest I'm I'm not tuning into the previous show half the world does not even get the previous show on the TV Absolutely. okay uh so let, let's be honest about that uh 
so if there's a MotoGP race, I'll tune into that. If there's a Formula E race, I'll tune into that. Or maybe, you know, uh, you know but I don't, but he, and even after maybe, you know, even after uh, the Formula 1 race, because half the world does not see the post-race yeah. show either uh, on their TV. That's not on the usual broadcast. So I, as a fan, I would, there is a higher probability for me to tune into a Formula E race um, on the same calendar time, on the same calendar weeks, weekends as other motorsport series than uh, on a separate set of, you know, uh, weekends altogether. But people might, you know, disagree with that. Uh, but however, that, that is yeah, my no, I mean, I agree with you. And I mean, it's it's a simple, as you, as you put it, it's very difficult to take out time. And since Formula E has multiple sessions on the same day, you have to take out three or one hour here and then another hour for qualifying and then another hour and a half for the race and whatnot, right? And if you have it with a Formula One weekend or a MotoGP weekend, and if, like, if in a, in an ideal world, if all the motorsport series get together and make the schedules together, right? So you can have a Formula E qualifying and then you can have a Formula One qualifying and then you can have a Formula One race or Formula E race or whatever. But yeah, that would be easier to watch, as you said. Yeah, I mean, even now it's not that bad. You know, if you, if you think about it, most MotoGP races start an hour before the Formula One race. Uh, they have a lot of weekends yeah. that clash. Uh, and usually uh, you can get up in the morning, tune in, you know, tune into the MotoGP race. Uh, and by the time the F1 race comes around, um, you know, you are ready to yeah. watch the F1 race because that is the main event yeah. in your day for the most part, for, for most people. At least, uh, you know, the people that we talk to. Um, and then similarly with, I think, uh, IndyCar, you know, the closer it is to the F1 race, the more likely it is that I'll watch it than if it's later in the day. But obviously IndyCar is, you know, catering to a completely different audience uh, compared to F1, MotoGP, Formula E. So that's not in the in the same conversation. But, you know, it it it, it does make it sense. Does make it sense. does make Absolutely. sense. It's not like it does not make sense. But regardless, regardless. Um, that's all from my side, Vidan. Obviously, congratulations to Stoffel Vandoorne once again. Not that he'll be <laughs> listening to us, but uh, you know, it's always great to see Stoffel win. Uh, and I wonder if there's an army talking about you know getting Stoffel back into F1. Yeah, I don't know Maybe. about that, but <laughs> I mean, he's already signed for Nissan, right? Or for DS? Yeah, for yeah, DS, uh, for DS. For, but yeah. I mean, even Alex, even even Alex Albon signed, you know, yeah. but uh, he's, he's back in F1. <laughs> Yeah, so clearly F one uh, uh, has F1 a bigger is... pull, but yeah, I, I don't see a defending champion leaving his throne. Alex Albon, ha- Alex Albon <laughs> had just joined Formula E and had just had had a couple of races, if I'm not wrong, right? So yeah, I don't see that happening. But of course, Stoffel Vandoorne finally proving after finally winning that championship he has so deserved for the last three seasons. And yeah, great show. Great. I mean, obviously hard luck for Mitch Evans last season as well and this season as well. But I think, in my opinion, he is the top performing driver in Formula E at the moment. Stoffel may have won the championship, but uh, Mitch Evans won four races. Even Edo Motara. I, I believe I believe even Mitch Evans and Edo Motara will be the title contenders next season whatever however the cars shape up to be 
I mean, yeah, given Nissan's history, uh, you don't have a lot of ex- uh, expectations yeah. from them. No, but uh, in terms of form, along with Stoffel, uh, Mitch Evans and Edo Motara have been the standout performers for the last couple of seasons. And it's it's a great rivalry building up among these three. And maybe Nick DeVries or whatever. But, you know, the old guard is... Sorry, the old guard is sort of fading away. And these are the new drivers. Jake, take Jake Dennis into this equation as well. Yeah, I would, I would like to see Jake Dennis in a, in a consistently yeah. fast car. I think, uh, I think he, he has the capability to do what, uh, what Jeff did, which is win yeah. more than one, <laughs> one world championship yeah. in a row, uh, just with the speed that he shows. But um, that's all from my side without anything else that you want to talk about before we close. No, I'm just uh, waiting for the new cars, the new Formula E cars to hit the track properly. And I mean, see... We have to accept the fact that it will happen. I'm just, right? I'm just kidding. Right? I'm just kidding. I'm no, just but kidding. The, the, the faster they hit the track, the faster we'll get accustomed to them. I'm just hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is yeah. true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you, Vidant, for joining me once again. And uh, honestly, um, I, I am looking forward to the chaos that is Formula E over yeah, the next absolutely. six months. Uh, I am sure there will, be, there will be enough to talk about. And we'll keep popping up some Formula E podcasts every now and then uh, just for shits and giggles. But yeah, thank you once again, Vedant. And as always, we'll catch you uh, very soon. Very soon.